is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. That's Josh Jordan. That's Trey Campbell. I'm Jerry Bow, and we are Team Moneyline. Every single Sunday from 10 to noon, we try to get you hype. We try to get that barbecue pit going. We try to make that coffee taste fantastic because you earned it. It's the end of the week, but the end of the week comes not that fast because we have a few hours left of the gambling week, and that's where I'm going to put some money in your pocket. And that brings me to the Rockets-Bucks game and before we even get into the preview of that, what was your guys' thoughts on the first game and that uh, shootout, let's call it? Man, it was – for a while, it was – I was a little not as excited because the Rockets were trailing so much of that game. But once they tied it up and then it was going to overtime, I knew the Rockets were going to hold on and, and win that game. And it was great, man. Harden looked really good. I, we talked during the break. I like that kind of low camera angle that they're working in when they're filming the games. And I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Robert Covington's uh, con- contributions. He was really good. Man, and House was barely hitting the net on threes. I mean, that's how 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 perfect he was shooting them. Everyone had their had their moment. I think to to combine to to get that win. But I'm not so sure that I'm convinced that because I assume right after that, Rockets Twitter is, hey man, we have a chance with this small ball, and I'm thinking. The Mavs lost that game. The Rockets didn't win that game. The Mavs blew that game. And then to let that Robert Covington, you know, the put back off a free throw, I mean, that's one of the first rules in basketball they teach you in organized basketball at least, right? Not not to, to box out basically, not to let the, the tipping go in, especially in that predicament when you know he had to miss one. Yeah, it, it's funny. You know, LeBron won his game by getting his own rebound and putting it in. So it's funny how the you know those games swing on those types of plays. But I enjoyed it, man. And you know, they got the the Bucks today, so that they got a big challenge. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious how you're handicapping this one too. What what do you think we'll see tonight? So we'll see a lot of threes shot from the Rocket side because what do the Bucks do? On defense, they stop the, the the inside. They they don't let you get two point baskets easy. They're the best team at defending that. They're the best team, one of the best team at defensive rebounding, and they're one of the best teams at limiting fouls against opponents. So when you look at what well, dang, that's the best that they're at in those categories. What are the Rockets best at? And it kind of matches up drawing fouls right now. The Rockets shot a lot of twos last game, um, more than more than expected, and this. Today's matchup is going to ask them to sit behind that perimeter. That's what the Bucks do. They clog that lane. They got big bodies. They're, I mean, that's what they're going to do. They're going to use their size today. If you're on the Rockets today, I think it plays for a correlated parlay. I'm not on the Rockets, but if you if you are out there drinking red Kool Aid on a Sunday morning, you're saying, man, the Rockets are for real and they're going to beat those Bucks. Then it's got to be correlated because if the Rockets are going to win, they're going to have to hit their threes. A team that shoots in the 40s, they're going to shoot 50 or 60 threes today. Remember when? You're going to say, dang, they're jacking up threes because the Bucks aren't going to let them get in the lane. That's what they do uh, specifically on defense. That's what they're going to do. So they're going to hold them. The, the Rockets are going to have to shoot. If that ball is falling, you're going to see a shootout because I think the Bucks are all – they're going to score at will with their, with their size. No, no doubt about it. What do we think here? It looks like it's at, at four and a half. You, you like the Bucks to cover that? I do. I do like the Bucks. I think the Bucks. um I think the Bucks their size advantage. I, I really do. Now the Rockets have more to play for. Yeah, and that's that's always there. But I just think that the Bucks are going to do it. Now, let's talk about overall basketball. And because okay, so Friday we saw six overs, and then people start 
like after after the very first day and you saw that Clippers, Lakers, everyone's quick to say, well, yeah, they're going to be sloppy. You know, what do you expect of them? But the numbers don't tell you that. Check this out. We're talking about overall in the regular season this year, the pace for basketball teams are 102.6. In the scrimmages for this for this bubble, it was at 109.2, so it's up seven points on just pace. But where you find the number that makes sense here is is uh, offensive efficiency. That is down in the scrimmages. Why? Because okay, it's the bubble, so now you're getting your starters have less time on the court, so now you're getting backups. Backups play usually at a higher pace, but have lower efficiency. So what are you seeing? More plays, more fast pace, but less efficiency because it's backups and the backups are getting more time because the, the starters are getting less minutes. I hope that all makes sense. But yeah, that does. It just correlates to what it is, and if you look at it, it, it just the numbers tell you exactly that. The offensive rating is 107.9, but in the scrimmages, it was 102. 2.9. See what I'm saying? So it dropped five points rather than in pace it picked up seven. That's where the numbers are. Now, I think that the the books had it wrong because if you saw the first game, they they had matchups like the Orlando matchup. The first time they played, they scored 336 or 236. On on this, when the bubble opened up, the, the book set it at 222, 14 points under. So they were thinking the same thing. Man, these games are going to be low. Then the first game they happened, Lakers game, Pelicans game, lows, unders, so then they came out Friday and they they they, put, they set the numbers low. Well, the public came out and smashed them, especially with the Rockets game ending that six and zero. Be careful because the books are going to have to catch up. We're going to see these totals two thirty three, two thirty five now. No, you, you bring up a good point with that, and it, that makes me think towards football, Jerry. Like we're not going to get any preseason games. You know, like handicapping this is going to be a bigger challenge this year. We're not going to have a feel for really anything. And what, man, you make a great point because football, if any sport, is one that you need to be on the same plays-wise. Yes. I mean, you have to be able to run those plays against other offenses. You can run them against your defense all the time, but you need to run them in full play mode. Like, let's go. Put on these pads. Yeah. How hard are you really hitting your guys in, in practice? I mean, even if they say, hey, you know what? Today we're doing full-out pad practice. We got to get some bruises. You got to go into to, to week one with at least a bruise that's healing. Yes, and... It's going to be a real big challenge because, especially for fantasy football, for me, anybody that's a rookie or joining a new team, I'm I'm lowering them a little bit. You know, guys that you know are used to playing together, they're going to go up in my ranking. So, you know, gotta love the Saints, right? You know, maybe I don't like Emmanuel Sanders because he's new, but you know what they have, they gel. Their offense works. So, it makes you think with the Texans too. You know, Deshaun knows the offense real well. All the starting offensive linemen are back this year. So I think guys that switch teams, be careful. You know, even I like Tom Brady, but I mean, how good are they going to be? And you know, with without any preseason, so you have to worry about that. And all the rookies, man, you know, they're not going to get any time on the field. So I worry about drafting any rookies too high. How much are they going to play early in the season? That's another thing. How much do they trust them? Like especially if it's one of those prime positions, those skilled positions, a receiver, a running back. I mean, how much does that set back a running back not having the time to to learn how to run in the NFL? That's a whole different game running the NFL than to, to college unless you're coming from one of those NFL-type offenses where they run between the tackles. But if you're an NFL, a, a college player that or, – or somebody on the cuff, say you're like that third-string guy that, that you said, man – I can't wait to camp this year. I'm about to show up, show out. And you see that every once in a while. Every year you see those names come out and you say, man, he made himself to the starting roster out of nowhere. That was a a, a gem in the rough, you know, mm-hmm. diamond in the rough. I don't know. We're not going to find those diamond in the rough. I guess guys from last year are going to get a little bit more of opportunity now. Yeah. Like, hey, 
You got your opportunity. That guy's feeling good right now, saying, man, I had a bad year last year, but I'm a veteran. I'll get some chance. Uh, uh, lo and behold, the Cordell Pattersons of the world. Yeah. He's back. Yeah, the, the guys that have been there are going to have a better shot at it. Uh, you know, Clyde edwards Elaire though, with the Chiefs, Ooh. you saw Damian Williams opted out. Ooh, big. So, dude, so now you're going to probably see him drafted in the first round. I ran to my bookie right away and said, man, let me get it. I was trying to put that in because, I mean, he's got to be the favorite now for Rookie of the Year. Oh, offensive absolutely, rookie of the year. man. With no Damian Williams. And Damian Williams was effective when he was healthy. But, I mean, now this this is big. I was listening uh, to a fantasy podcast the other day, and I thought Ross Tucker had a good point. He was like, also, not just rookies and guys that switch teams. He's like, worry a little bit about second-year players. You know, and, and I was like, why would he say that? Well, was, think about this. So many guys make that huge jump from year one to year two, right? Well, with that out of real offseason this year, you're not going to see that extra development. So some of the second-year guys, they may not – mature as they normally would because of this strange offseason what do you think about this strange list of players brandon bolden marcus cannon patrick chung dante hightower marcus lee danny vitale all uh, new england patriots players don't, don't bother coming in guys uh, trevor lawrence we're, we're gonna tank for trevor so there's got to be something to this right i mean i'm looking at the list of 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 you know and there's an updated list of opt outs and they're the only ones that have multiple I mean there's teams that have two some one that has three I mean they have an extensive list of players and it just you have to think to yourself what is it because you know they spoke to Bill at one point before they did it did he did he not saying encouraged it but he was like you know what it's all right I'll see you next year yeah and Adam Schefter tweeted out like. You know, he got some front office executive that hit him up and be like, don't think that Belichick is not masterminding, you know, all this. Like, there's a plan. Yeah, I call them the New England tankriots. (laughs) Now, you ask yourself, okay, how bad could they tank, though? Could you really see yourself, the Patriots, tanking as bad as it is to to get rewarded the, the number one pick? Because you have to be real, real bad. And that's something I think to myself sometimes, like, man, They'd have to be like real bad. Like he would have to coach out of context and make him. He would have to make deliberate bad coaching decisions because his coaching itself has to be worth for a few wins in those close games. So what if it goes those close games and he's a, he's got to make I got to make the wrong coaching decision here. You know, it, if you're in that predicament, it's 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 just it's going to be scary to see. And then Cam's got to be thinking over there like, hey, he's that uh, Will Smith in that in the empty room. You know what I mean? That meme. He's thinking like. Hey, what's up? He busts in. What's up with it, with it, his attire? What's going on? He's got his pimp hat on. And where's everybody at? No, I mean, they're losing so many people. I mean, Kyle Van Noy's gone. Jamie Collins is gone. And now we saw Hightower opted out. I mean, remember how good their defense was last year. We forget the Patriots won 10 out of their first 11 games last year. I mean, do you realize that? Like, they were that good. So Went against the Texans. Right. And then, they, yeah, then they lost in November. Uh, December to the Texans, I believe. That seems like another lifetime ago. It does. But, I mean, they were that good, 10 out of their first 11 games. And I'm glad we talked about that because I want to get to this NFL players, the top 100 list. And, you know, a lot of people upset with where Deshaun is at on that list. And I actually agree with the ranking. So when when we come back, we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll get into a little bit of these uh, basketball games. And where do you bet these basketball games? Only at my bookie. Why? Because they have the best player rewards, the best player perks in the uh, whole, I guess, online gambling world. Because I've been around, man. I've, I've been doing this online gambling for 15, 16 years now, straight up. And 
gambling on on games is one thing, but gambling on on getting paid out that's a gamble you don't want to take, and that's what you get with a lot of these places. You you go to cash out, and they don't even write you back. You're just over there waiting for an email. That's not what you get with my bookie. They have the best player perks, they have the best customer service, and they have the best bets. And that's what I'm giving you right now. Go ahead and hit that game in Italy. Go ahead and hit the Parma over. Go ahead and hit the Bucks because I think the Bucks are going to win that game. I do think that game flies over. I'm going to give you more NBA here. Use promo code Radio. You're going to get your bonuses. You're going to get set up, and you're going to get on Team Moneyline, and I'm going to drop some picks here the next 45 minutes. Again, go to promo code radio on my bookie and hit Italy on that Parma game. Both teams are scoring over. I got more bets here coming up on on Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe. And Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 45 minutes left in the show. At least two or three more max play winners. We're going to make some money here on Moneyline. But let's get over to this top 100 list that you spoke of because it's got me baffled. And I don't even use that word, but that's what makes sense here. Baffled is what I am. Explain to the people a little bit how it reads. Yeah, this is uh, voted on by the players, the NFL top 100 list. You know, they put one of these out every year and everybody complains about where they're ranked. But I actually think they got it right with Deshaun, and a lot of a lot of people have a problem with where he's ranked. He's at number twenty overall on the list, and out of all the players in the NFL, and it's supposed to be you know going into this year. It's not forever. It's not like a, a you know a you know a long term deal where you just want the youngest guy. It's not like a dynasty league. You're just picking the guy for this upcoming season. So they have they have Deshaun there at twenty. And here's why I don't have an issue with it. Aaron Rodgers is at 16. Brady's at 14. Drew Brees is at 12. You know, they're all kind of clumped pretty closely together. So I don't have a big issue with that. And here's the thing is, when did they vote? Because that's that's what determines a lot of these results. So I went and checked this out. Most of the voting happened around Thanksgiving. It was open from Thanksgiving until about February. But they, they got most of the votes around Thanksgiving. So if you think about it, you know, what had happened around Thanksgiving? Well, Drew Brees had come back and won four out of five games after being hurt from the Saints. So they were on a tear with Drew Brees coming back. So if you're casting your vote, you're like, oh, man, yeah, Drew Brees looks great. The Patriots, they'd won 10 out of their first 11 games. So, yeah, you're going to – Tom Brady, I'm going to put him on the list. And, you know, he, he was having a great year at that point because you didn't get to see them lose in the playoffs. So a lot of this voting happened then. Deshaun at 20, well, they had just gotten crushed a couple weeks ago by the Ravens. You remember that game? It was like 40-something to 7 or whatever. I try not to remember. Yeah, so that was fresh in everybody's mind when they were voting is the Ravens just, you know, killed, annihilated the Texans. So, but the Texans had beat a few weeks before that the Chiefs. So they were a little bit high on Deshaun. So you have to remember, too, that at this time when most people were voting and Lamar Jackson was the MVP of the league, they voted him number one. And I, a lot of people have an issue with that. They would put Patrick Mahomes there, but you have to think that most of the voting happened before Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl. Outside of fantasy, how long is your list of elite? 
Like we're talking about elite Mahomes and who and is there is there more than that? Is it does I think he's in his own tier, don't you? Yeah, I you do. know, yeah. And I hate to say it because he's so young. Like right now, people are saying, and 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 it, I think it will be, but he's going to have a better career than Peyton Manning, for example. And it's possible. Yeah, because I think that he's going to have more postseason success because the way that his 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 uh, Legos are stacked up right now, right with handing having Reed and having that offense. I just. I just, man, what I saw from him, even in those playoff games where you start thinking, ooh, here goes the Chiefs, and they're down by double digits. Yep. He never once flinched. Not, I mean, it was never a worry. He would walk out there the same way he walks out whenever he's 0-0. Now, on that same list, where do they have Mahomes? They have Mahomes at number four. And who's in front of him? You got Aaron Donald is right in front of him at number three. He's the highest-ranked uh, defensive player on the list. And then they have Russell Wilson at number two. So that's some people have an issue with that, but I don't know. I feel I don't feel like Russell Wilson gets enough credit. I think he's a great player. He's fantastic. So okay, that's why I asked tiers because who's in that next tier after Mahomes? It has to be Russell Wilson, and then we think he's so great because we trust him. We've seen Russell Wilson do it. We've seen him be a good running and throwing quarterback while not taking many hits. He does it in the perfect way. Now, what is that? To compare it to Lamar Jackson, someone that we haven't seen it. And in the one moment that he needed to do it in the playoffs, not saying it was only on him, but he couldn't make it happen because his attributes aren't made to make throw the ball outside of the numbers. That's just not what he's made to do. And defense is caught on to that, especially one. What happens when the defense catches on to that? Because you can't catch on to what Mahomes does. You, you, you can't. Well, Mahomes can do a little bit of everything, right? You know, he can even run. You know, we saw him scramble a lot in the playoffs, a lot more than he did in the regular season. But... That's the thing with, you know, Lamar Jackson. They're going to have to adjust to, you know, what the Titans did to them in the playoffs. Other teams are going to try and copy that. They're going to have to deal with that. So, and you see, they're, they're talking about Antonio Brown. Lamar's been very vocal about wanting him. Man, I'm, and I'm a Steelers guy, you know, so I started thinking – as soon, anybody but them, because the last thing I need is uh, ruin my Sundays when Antonio Brown out there demolition man in my team. You know, yeah. I just I and don't with Holly Hollywood Brown on the other side. Oh, I, I just I just don't need that. We need him to commit another penis uh, gummy mistake. <laughs> uh, you know, do. go out there and, and and do something that you shouldn't be doing because. And I'm, that's all a joke, all right? I I, I I was a big Antonio Brown fan. I hope that he ends up finding his head wherever it's at, but. Just don't make it on the Ravens, dang! It just in both them, Harbaugh said he's not he's not ruling it out. Lamar's all over it. Whew. And we got some news about Antonio this week. They gave him his punishment eight eight games. He says he's not even going to appeal it. He says he's going to swallow it and and get back on the field as soon as possible. Someone's going to take a chance. I think I that think so. That's what held a few teams back. I maybe a, a few were maybe willing to pull a string or two. And during this offseason, they said, you know what? We don't even know what his legal proceedings are going to be. We don't even know if we sign him how how much time he's going to be gone and what if it's the whole season now that there's eight games out there let's say the season does start and let's say that covid does start playing into into factors week five six seven and then you see man oh he's gonna be back week eight you're already calling him you're already talking him on the low and saying hey yeah. week eight we need you that's a good point i mean if for anybody that's a free agent this is a good year for that because 
you're going to lose players to COVID. It's just going to happen. And that's why he didn't appeal because if you do appeal, okay, say he did. First off, if he appeals, someone the team still have being uh, the the uncertainty of what's going to happen with him. Do we sign him? So he didn't accomplish nothing with appealing. All he does is you know that appealing it pushes it back, and he still has to deal with it later. So why not eat the eight now? You still have the back end of the season where teams are probably going to need somebody. That's his move right now. The timing is perfect. I like it as far as what he's thinking. It's just can he get back? Because I mean, I've watched pretty much all his games being a Steeler fan, all his snaps, and he was on another level at one point. Oh, you know, absolutely. He's a fantastic player. It's never been about that with him. It's just he's a head case. You know, what are you going to get from him from day to day? And, you know, when we talk about this, you know, top players list, you know, he should be in the top 10 on this list. You know what I mean? If he was active, he'd be on there. You know, and, and, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is at number eight. I thought that was, I don't know, that's, that's pretty high, number eight. He was the highest ranked Texan, and you know now he's a former Texan. But Antonio Brown, he would he would definitely be on the top ten of this list. Is Hopkins the top receiver? No, it's actually Michael Thomas at number five, and then it's Hopkins right after that. Okay, so let's compare your list to this list I got, and my list being the draft ADP because we do uh, this is a fantasy show, yeah. right? Fantasy football, and we're getting close. So, okay, how does your list pertain to this? Because as far as quarterbacks getting drafted in fantasy, it goes Mahomes, Jackson. Prescott, Murray, Wilson, then Watson. Yep. Does that make sense to you? People love Kyler Murray this year. I mean, he is going flying up draft boards. So if you want him, you're going to have to take him pretty early. You know, and I remember last year too, like everybody was on Baker Mayfield. You remember that? And I think Kyler Murray's a better football player. Don't get me wrong. I think he could have a good year, but I feel like you're reaching for him. I would not. I'm going to wait on quarterback this year, like a long time. I waited till the 10th or 11th round last year, got Lamar Jackson. I mean, this is one of those years you could get, you know, Breeze or Brady or, you know, any one of these guys, you know, maybe around the 9th or 10th round. Yeah, you you got that short memory of last year, though, how you were eating. You got Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I mean, that was that might be the best late-round quarterback pick of ever of, of that we'll ever see the way he was scoring. I mean, it was on yeah. another level. So, Mahomes, okay, let's say a 10-team standard league. And we say, well, who's going to pull the trigger first on quarterbacks? Because someone always pulls the trigger and everyone else starts following after that. Like, oh, man, I don't want my quarterback to get taken. Yep. Mahomes is going around, and this is an ADP, and all the biggest drafts, they compile all these stats together. 20th, okay, quarterback, the first quarterback off the board. So that would be the back end of the second round. Do you think he makes it that far? I d- it depends, right? If, when you're When you're drafting with guys that are – really active in fantasy football, they typically wait on quarterback. But if you're just in your normal league with your friends, quarterbacks get drafted sooner. Uh, for me, I, he's not going to be on any of my teams, Jerry. I'm just not taking a quarterback in the second round. I just I won't do it. He has to be unbelievable again to live up to that second-round draft pick. Eight out of the first 10, nine out of the first 11 um, ADP players overall are all running backs. What do these running backs mostly have in common? Mostly. McCaffrey, Elliott, Barkley, Kamara, uh, Mixon, Chubb, you know, they're both catch and run. The only one on that list that doesn't is Derrick Henry, which is – and we even saw him get out in the screen game. Once you get – his top speed is there. We've seen that he can – he's ran a 90-yard touchdown. You yeah. have to have some kind of speed to do it. It's just acceleration isn't – once he gets – he's like a big train. It takes that train a little bit to get going off those tracks. But once that train gets going, it's hard to stop him. That's what you get with him. But all these other guys are are not like your traditional 
three down back that, that, that would run in between. These are guys that catch. I mean, they're up there 70, 80 yard uh, reception to a, a year. Yes. And I mean, that's the way fantasy football goes, right? That's where you get all those points, PPR and receiving yards. Those are the guys you want. You want the McCaffreys. I like Alvin Kamara this year. You know, he's, he was banged up most of last year. So I think he's going to have a bounce back year. I'd, I'd take him in the first round. No problem. How about your boy, Josh Jacobs, coming in at the 10th overall spot for running backs? That's what it's just. Is he going to catch enough footballs? In non-PPR, I love Josh Jacobs this year. He was, I think he was the most elusive running back, according to Pro Football Focus. He's a great young player. You just worry how much they're going to use him in the passing game. According to this list as well, ADP, Michael Thomas going off the board at fourth overall, yeah. right behind McCaffrey, Elliott, Barkley. Boom, Michael Thomas. And after you get that, you get the running backs again. You get that Henry, Cook, Kamara. Boom, it goes back to receiver. You drop all the way down, all the way to 12th before you find another receiver and they got Devonte adams ahead of that pack Devonte adams julio jones and hopkins that makes sense to me Devonte gets a lot of touchdowns packers didn't add anybody at wide receiver in the draft we've talked about that aaron Rodgers wasn't happy they didn't really add anybody in free agency added outside of devin funches and he's opted out so it's probably lazar i guess is going to be their number Ooh. two yeah their number two wide receiver so He's going to be looking for Devontae Adams, man. He doesn't have anybody else. 200 targets this yeah. year. 200 tar- Two hundred wins. Not maybe that, that many, but at least two or three. And I'm going to have those in the next 30 minutes. Right when we get back, I've got a winner. I'm going to get it off my chest here on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. A little bit of housekeeping here. It's Josh Jordan. It's Trey. It's Juggalo Trey, to be specific about it. And it's your man Jerry Bowe knows with a Z, not with a S. We go over to Twitch. We have a, quite a few people on there, about 30 people watching us. My man Chuck D, shout out to you. How about taking Sauswallow today? You know me too well. That's going to be on my next play. I'm about to get you something else to hammer out. Shout out to Holy Rastas. He says, what's up, fellas? He also says, a hot take here. Hopkins won't be an 8-10 to 10 wide receiver. Book it. Too many mouths to feed in Arizona. Exactly why, like spreading the ball, basically. Um, I mean, uh, it's a hot take, but there is a lot of mouths to feed in it just, I just hate, I, I know what I've seen with Hopkins myself. You know, like I was, I loved him as a receiver. And we always talk about what receivers bring high caliber ones. We just talked about Antonio Brown and what they bring off the field. For a while, we didn't really see Antonio Brown off the field moments. But I think that the Steelers, now that it's coming out, he didn't just start doing acting a fool the last six months of that year, Antonio Brown. I believe that the Steelers hit a lot of it yeah, because yeah. he was such a big playmaker. Finally, it, it, it came to light when he starts missing, talking about missing playoff games or or going back and forth and throwing his helmet, for, uh, fighting Roethlisberger at, at practice, you know? Like that's when things start coming to light in the public. But when did you ever see Hopkins out there that you're like, man, Hopkins out here acting a fool? Like that's never, like never. Yeah, I mean, maybe when Osweiler was really terrible, you know, and, and like he said he, he backed him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, you could tell he was getting really frustrated with Osweiler, and I think he was pretty vocal about that. But it's hard to be upset at him for that. You know what I mean? It was hard to watch Osweiler, but no, I mean it. 
we should talk about this. What will he be in Arizona? I I agree that you know Larry Fitzgerald's going to take some targets from him. He is switching teams, and we talked about a little earlier on the show that you know for fantasy football purposes, guys that switch teams this year because of the COVID off season, I don't like them quite as much. I, I worry it's going to take them a while to you know to, to get used to the offense. So I expect a little bit of that with Hopkins. I think it's going to take him a while to to get on the same page with Kyler Murray. I think that's something to consider, and then. On the opposite side, who's going to get all those extra targets that Hopkins is leaving behind with the Texans? You know, is it going to be Will Fuller? Is it going to be Brandon Cooks? Who's going to get all these extra targets? And you saw that Will Fuller was not on the pup list. You know, he had, I believe he had hernia surgery this offseason. Praise the Lord. Yeah, so that's a good sign. And it's a good sign, I guess, when your quarterback – I mean, it's against quarterback talk, let's call it. But you saw that Watson came out and specifically talked about Will Fuller and said that he looks faster, he's bigger, he just looks in such great shape. And he has – I mean, he even said it, though, without injury. Like, he threw it in there and you, you knew, like, he knows as well. Will, we need you out here. I like He knows what Will Fuller is on the field when he's out there, but he needs him out there consistently in the big games. The last yeah. thing you want is towards the end of the season and you're worried about – is a game time decision come I hate that and that's what we found last year in the playoffs it was Wednesday or Thursday and we're talking about a game time decision we don't even know no and we saw it you know watching all the Texans games they put up a stat graphic of every Texans game of what the offense is with Will Fuller and what they are without Will Fuller he makes a huge difference because it's not even just his catches but he takes attention away so other receivers have opportunities as well they're a different team with Will Fuller on the field. And for fantasy football purposes, I think he had the highest fantasy game of, of any player last year. Remember, he had like that 50-point game? That's the day I, I gave it as my – put my name on it. William Fuller's what William I said. Fuller. Is, yeah, Will, he, was, he was scoring touchdowns before I got to drive home. I remember driving almost wrecking like, what? He's going off. Now, we know that he still posted a top-five scoring season in PPR leagues as we're talking about Hopkins. His, his reception's still over plus 100. But the touchdowns were down a little bit. Seven. Yeah. Can he get that touchdown number up in Arizona, a team that is probably going to be, I'm not saying trailing, but they're going to be involved, I think, in shootouts because of their defense. Yeah. Is there more probability that a team that run a lot more no huddle, more plays? I think that plays to his favor a lot. That's why it's tough to to do a take that he'll be outside of the 7 to 10. All those weapons that were in Arizona, all of a sudden, when, a, when you you have a little BB gun over there, you have a little nine millimeter, and all of a sudden the tank shows up. You know what I mean? You got a Tommy gun that shows up. All those other little weapons and guns, they're they're little baby weapons now. The Hopkins is there. You know, all of a sudden, all their targets share. It, they automatically give some to Hopkins. Like they know who walked in the building. That's what, you think that Kingsbury doesn't have this panned out. He knows. Hey, I'm just gonna. I got something now. I got me a number one. That's going to work. It's like Russell Wilson. When we talked about Russell Wilson, who's been his best receiver that he's ever had? I mean, it was Doug Baldwin until Sydney he retired. Rice. Sidney Rice. I Th- forgot about him. Let's think about that, yeah. you know? And then after after Baldwin, what, Lockett? Paul Richardson? Lockett. And, Javon Curse? Yeah. She, a bunch of little yeah. names that never... Who and, and we really, never really thought about Jimmy that. Jimmy Graham? Who does he really have? They tried to bring in Jimmy... And, and that didn't really work. They tried to bring in different running backs. How many moving pieces have there been around him? His receivers, not so much, but nothing improvement, really, other than now that they got a Metcalf. Yeah. But the running backs have all pinning. I mean, they've always Carson. They've brought back different guys. Marshawn on and off coming in. 
What offense has he really had that we think that, man, so much success and we almost consider him elite? That's because he's a good quarterback. Yeah, he, he doesn't have a lot around him, but this year I think it's different. Lockett is a good speed receiver, and DK Metcalf, is he's huge, but he can run. He's, he's coming the on. next Julio Jones. It he feels is. like he's got that build to him. He is, and, and remember that his route tree was what everyone was speculating on that could be his downfall, that right. he only runs certain routes and he can only beat you at certain routes. Man, I watched someone post the other day. It was, uh, I forget who it was from Roto grinders and they posted just a, a, a recap about three minutes of just all his routes and it's like no he that man can route he's just he's just built so big that he can't turn on a dime his turn laterally is it takes him a little bit of time it's that acceleration point he he runs full speed if you got an out route but when he has to turn in and out his body helps him so much though because he can shield you can yes you can just throw the ball up then he makes plays and if you look at his plays a lot of it is he only has a step and it's just Throw it up there, and if the ball's underthrown, he he puts his body up to where you're going to pass interference. And we saw that in the playoffs at the end. A lot of teams were passing interference on defenders because they have to try to get over him and around him, and they make contact on him. That's what you get with DK. No doubt about it, man. He's, I I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's a great player, and it's funny. Both of those Ole Miss receivers and AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, everybody was really high on, and it turns out early results are both of these guys are really good. What do you uh, think of Jamal Adams saying, I'm here to stay. Seattle is my home. I'm going to retire here. It's Just we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. He's feeling himself right now, isn't he? He is, but, I mean, that's what you get with him. And I think that's a good spot. I know he wanted to go to the Cowboys, but, man, Seahawks, that's a good team. They're in it every year. Now let's look at Hopkins overall of what he's been, all right? Let's go back to 2013 with Shop Keenum, right? He had 91 targets, 43rd in the league. He was a wide receiver, 67. In 2014, with Fitzpatrick, Keenum, Mallett, it's funny because you have like a, a a stable of quarterbacks. It's quarterback by committee. Uh-huh. Let's call it quarterback by committee. He had 127 targets. That's 20th in the league. 13th out of 90 in yards per route. Uh, yards ran per route. Wide receiver 18. The next one also a, a quarterback by committee. Hoyer, Mallet, Yates, Whedon. Four oh, quarters were the days. He still ended up as wide receiver five. Okay, Osweiler, uh, Osweiler, Savage. He ended up as wide receiver 35. But then the last three years, under Watson, Savage, Yates in 2017, he was second in targets, 174, fourth in yards per route run, and second wide receiver in fantasy. Now, 18 and 19, wide receiver three, wide receiver six, fifth and sixth in uh, targets. That's what you get with him. It, it is. I just wonder... I don't think he'll get that many targets in Arizona. No, that's obviously going to drop there for sure because there is other weapons. Christian Kirk's there too, and they do a lot of four and five receiver sets, and you know they throw to the backs often as well. And I think what's interesting for Texans wise is you'll see that Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks are almost going right around each other. You know, some some rounds or some drafts they're going like the eighth round. Some rounds you'll see them going in the sixth round. So. Let me ask you, if you had to go with the Texans receiver this year, you, you're trying for a lotto ticket in the, the middle of your draft. You know, you, Are you going to go Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks if you're picking between those two guys? Man. Because they'll probably both be there when you're drafting. And with injury risk and everything included, right? Yeah. I, I, I got to go Cooks, man. Yeah. I have to there. Just, I just, we, we know what we've seen with Fuller. Do you trust Fuller, Trey? Like, if you're, when you're going to draft, do you, do you trust Fuller this year to be, I guess, the number one wideout on that team? No. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, he's going to get hurt coming off the bus like he usually does. I mean, with the speed lineup they got going, if everything goes according to plan, then 
maybe it maybe this quarantine will help limit some of the wear and tear on him. I don't know, but no, I don't like at at first glance, no, I don't think he can be the number one. I think it's Cooks. Keep in mind, he's he's in a contract year. So if he's ever going to push to not miss games, this is going to be the year. You got a headache? No. no. Oh, no, you're talking about Will Fuller. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> this, can he play? Yes. I thought you were talking about Cooks and his headaches. Oh, man, now, no. Now, let me give you a bet before we get out of here. It's Spal Fiorentina. It's live. It's at 41st minute. Go over to my bookie and hit it right now. Fiorentina is going to win that game. Spal has been regulated. They're out. They're out of the Italian season. And when we get back... I'm going to tell you what the fans did, and that's why I think that they're going to lose today. Fiorentina, right now in Italy, hit them. It's 1-1. It's almost halftime, only at my bookie. You listen to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. Real quick here, let's talk about our good friends, MyBookie. That's where Jerry places all his bets. That's where I place all my bets. You know why? It's pretty simple. You bet. You win, they actually pay you. That's one of the most important things with a bookie is when you get the bet, right? You want to get paid. And it's pretty cool with my bookie because they'll match your deposit. They have a lot of great different specials they can hook you up with. And the NBA is back, guys. My bookie has over 150 different NBA bets to choose from. 150. Will any team go 8 0 after the restart? How many points will LeBron average? All this stuff you can bet at my bookie. Also, they have, you know, UFC, baseball's back. You can bet on that too. Golf, soccer. If you follow Jerry Soccer Bets, you know you do it at MyBookie. You make some money. They have thousands of lines and prop bets. So join MyBookie today, and they will double your first deposit. Not only will they match you dollar for dollar, but they're also throwing in a free NBA $10 futures bet. So just enter the promo code radio. Pull up your phone. Get on your laptop. Go to MyBookie.ag, promo code radio. You bet. You win. They pay. MyBookie.ag, promo code radio. Man, all you listening out there, we're getting a lot of uh, hits back here on the Twitter line. Got about 30 people in there. They're on the sp- uh, uh, the the over on Parma. Hopefully you hit that at 145. Our guy Chuck says he's going to be drinking. Hopefully you're going to get on the Bucks. I think that they're going to win. I think that the, the size is going to make a matter. Go ahead and get on them as well. And right before we get out of here, I'll drop you about two or three more bets. So let's get into this last segment here because they want to know, the public wants, they're asking on Twitter as far as, what do you think as far as David Johnson and why is Will Fuller getting looked at like this? Is it only the injury risk because he's getting drafted so far back, but he can realistically be a top 10 wide receiver in scoring? He could. And that's the thing with Will Fuller is we know the talent's there. It's just the availability. But, you know, we talked about it earlier. If ever there's a year where he's going to try and play every game, it's in a contract year. So I think this is going to be the best version of Will Fuller we see, but I still think he's going to get hurt, man. I mean, it's just that's 
what he's done. And it, it's really weird because he wasn't hurt a lot at Notre Dame. You know, that wasn't an issue with him coming out of college. But since he's been in the pros, you know, we've seen the knee injury, the collarbone. It feel, feels like he had a hamstring injury almost every game last season. But he's a guy that if he does stay healthy, he could really help you win your fantasy leagues. And we also got a question about David Johnson this year. You know, he's another guy. That is the, that's the problem, right? The entire roster is a bunch of, well, if he's healthy. I mean, you can say that about Randall Cobb. You can say that about Fuller. You can say that about Brandon Cooks with the concussions. You say that about David Johnson. Every guy is an injury risk. So if you want to draft David Johnson, he's going around 38 overall, the 20th running back off the board. The guys going around him are Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, and James Conner. And just me, I think I would take definitely Melvin Gordon over him. I think I'd take James Conner over James him James Conner, for sure. And, you know, Le'Veon... You know, if it's a PPR league, maybe he could be a number two running back for you. But out of those guys, I just I worry about David Johnson. Is man. Melvin Gordon on the Broncos? Yeah. Now? Well, yeah. what's going to happen to Philip Lindsay? He, he's going to be in a limited role. And He'll still for, play. And Royce, right? Freeman. Man. They have a plethora of running backs there. Okay, how about this decision here? We got a guy right here from the text line. Keeper League, Devonta Adams or D-Hop? And I know we usually don't do specific team ones, but this is a good question. Which would you keep going forward? Who has the better fantasy life, per se, going forward? Devonte Adams or Hopkins? Well, in a seasonal league, if I was just drafting for this year, I'd take Devonte over him. Just Opportunity. Uh, yeah, you know, him with Aaron Rodgers, I just... Uh, you know, and once again, we talked about this before that we're worried about guys switching teams this year because of the strange offseason. Well, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, they're they're still together. So I would even in a dynasty, I think I'd take Devontae Adams. Yeah, Devontae Adams. I, I, OK, so we talked about tiers as far as or keeper yeah. of of quarterbacks and Mahomes was is in his own. Right. He's in his own elite tier, especially when we talk fantasy. Yep. So how does it work in receivers? Are we putting Michael Thomas in his own? Because these other guys, it's hard to put a receiver in his own because all it comes is to opportunity, right, and, and, and market share of, of the looks. Can we just solidify him as the number one in his own tier, or are these other guys close enough to where you can say, no, we're going to group three or four of them. Hopkins is pretty much there too, and Adams as well, now that he might have more looks. I put Michael Thomas in his own tier. He had like 150 catches last year. I mean, it was something ridiculous. And Emmanuel Sanders doesn't take anything, you think? You know, I think he'll do a little bit, but we always see that with, you know, the Saints offense with, you know, Meacham and all the different guys they've moved in year after year. You know, I just, I think it's going to be Michael Thomas. And Brees can't push the ball down the field anymore. And that helps with Michael Thomas. He runs a lot of these intermediate routes. That's his possession receiver. Yeah. You trust him. That's why he likes him. That's what's so good about Michael Thomas. He could beat you deep, but he plays so well in between those sticks, those, those 10 yards. Anything inside 10 yards, those routes, he's a great route runner. He is. Can't guard Mike. I think that's his Twitter handle. And he's hard to, to guard, man. He, he's big. He, we forget that his size is almost like, you know, A.J. Green type of size. He's like 6'3". So, you know, he's a big guy. He can shield off defenders. Now, we gave out that pick for uh, Fiorentina, right? And I, I told you, I'm, I'll tell you why I think that Spau is going to lose. Not so much that I'm, I'm, I'm confident in Fiorentina. Spau got relegated. When you get relegated in soccer, you're in the first division. If you get the or any division if you get last place within that division you're dropped basically back to the next division you're in the nfl i mean i guess we don't have a second division here but say there was you get last place in the nfl you're going to the xfl brother that would have been the Bengals this year (laughs) you're going to the xfl you would have had uh, those guys basically in the xfl so 
Keeping that in mind, that Team Spal that we're going against at halftime, they were relegated this week. What did fans do? They crowded around team facilities with severed uh, pig heads. Still bloody. Ah, oh, that's some Black Mirror type stuff right there. <laughs> yep, and that's what they did. They left them all over the facilities. I don't know how many pig heads were included in this, but that's as a player, you got to think, man, what? I'm done. This is We're already relegated. We're going to the second division. Today's the last game of the season. I don't need to play. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah, I guess the Bengals would have been the ones to who who deserves it the most in the NFL. Like, which organization should should get relegated, or what? Like, you, who's the worst? Or if you were leaving something at Browns? the doorsteps of NRG, Browns? what would you leave? Like for Bill O'Brien, <laughs> I'd leave um, some uh, empty Pringles cans. I don't know. I'd hit him with the Antonio Brown treatment with the with the penis gummies. <laughs> I'd leave him some. Uh, I'd probably leave him some. Some expired uh, dog food. No, idiot like O'Brien. You got to do him like uh, like uh, Billy Madison. You got to light the dog crap on fire, and you know he's <laughs> going to step again. on. It. Yeah, yeah. You know he's stepping on it. You know he's stepping. I'd he- leave him a thank you note because uh, what would we've had to talk about since March if it wasn't for Bill O'Brien making ridiculous trades? Like, what would we be talking about? That the Texans have kept our interest with all the crazy moves they've made. Crazy, crazy moves being made before we get out here. A pair of inmates escaped from the 12th floor of a prison using bed sheets. This is something out of a cartoon, folks, but it's true. Out in Oklahoma County Jail, sources tell everyone that they basically tied down 12 sheets and got out. Isn't that how the uh, the inmates escaped from Alcatraz? They like use life vests or like life jackets or like those big jackets as uh, rafts. Now. Pablo Robledo is still out. There was two guys. One of them got caught. That would suck to go through all that, yeah. and then and then you get caught. The other guy's still out there. He's still he was in jail for first degree murder. So we got to put a stop to him. Okay, um, he's pretty recognizable if you if you look him up again. Pablo Robledo. He's a uh, we're on the look for him because he escaped uh, by sheet. <laughs> Do y'all ever watch that show? Or did y'all ever watch that show? I almost got away with it. I love that show. I actually. do too. It's really like uh, it's. I really like to live vicariously through the people who escape for a little <laughs> while. You know, like, I like to live vicariously through people that buy Porsches nine one ones with checks printed from his home computer. And then I said, well, "Where did this happen?" They got me on the click again. Florida's what I see. The Florida man said that he wrote a check for one hundred and thirty nine thousand. Uh, the Porsche dealership took it. I don't know why. Basically, he went to go buy jewelry with it, and he got caught. The crook, $61,000 worth of jewelry. The crook is out of here. And that uh, that's how we're going to end the show. Now. He got greedy, Jerry. He got greedy. Now, don't call this greedy, but this is how we're going to end the show right here. Leche Parma, it's minus 215 on the both teams to score. It's juice. So if you don't want to pay that straight up, you're going to parlay it with Sasualo. Draw no bet. When I say draw no bet on Twitter, that means if it draws, it's a push. Your book might show it as picket. As long as it is draw, it's a push. Go ahead and bet that. Parlay, Sasualo, Leche Parma, both teams to score. Hey, that, that pays you one-to-one. That's a max bomb. We'll see you guys next week. I'm signing off for the crew. It's Josh Jordan. It's Juggalo Trey. And it's Jerry Bone Nose. Peace.